The Big Fight Weekend Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now. Visit winbet.com, W-Y-N-N-Bet.com, and start winning today. We're also brought to you in part by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is DFS simplified. All you have to do is pick your favorite player over and unders to cash in. Head over to prizepicks.com and use the promo code SGP for a 100% instant deposit match. We're also brought to you in part by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use the promo code SGP for your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. And we're also brought to you in part by SoBet. Sign up and bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at SoBet.io. That's SoBet.io. We're also brought to you in part by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on head-to-head matchups. Download that app today or just head to BetterFantasy.com slash SGPN. That's B-E-T-T-O-R Fantasy.com slash SGPN. And we're also brought to you in part by the SGPN app. Just enter SGPN in the App Store or the Google Play Store to download it today. The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now, here is your host, TJ Reeves. Yes, indeed. Another exciting weekend upcoming in the sweet science in between the ropes. And we are anxious to talk all about it here on your one stop place for everything boxing. It is the Big Fight Weekend podcast. I am the somewhat lucid host. He is the senior writer, bigfightweekend.com. Always love me some Marquise Johns. Got a busy, busy show. Week Sauce, good to have you as uh, we really have had a couple of entertaining weekends, especially in the lightweight division. And now we have got a bevy of fight cards uh, for this weekend for December the 11th, all over the globe, as a matter of fact, that we're going to get to and break down. How you doing, first of all? How are things? Pretty good, TJ. No, there's an avalanche of these fight cards that's coming out of the woodworks to close this year out. And it's fun considering that the things we had at, be, at the beginning of the year were scarce and uh, not very good. But to close out the year, it's, it's the holiday season. Boxing's giving us a gift for once. It's about freaking time. Yes, they are. Bantamweight title fights, lightweight contender elimination fight with Vasily Lomachenko, welterweight contender fight in England for Connor Ben, the son of the Dark Destroyer, Nigel Ben. Lots to keep up with and talk about. And to help us in a few moments, he's going to be right here. Steve Kim, Boxing Insider. You read him and heard him a long time on ESPN. Steve now with a three knockdown rule podcast with Mario Lopez. Steve also part of the Blaze TV family and Blaze's website, blazetv.com, on the Fearless podcast and show with Jason Whitlock. He's not holding back on that show for sure, but we love him for his boxing insight. He was there for Devin Haney's win last weekend over Jojo Diaz. We'll get Steve's insight on that. The upset two weekends ago, Marquise, as you know, of George Cambosis beating Teofimo Lopez. What's going to happen? Are, are Haney and Cambosis fighting? Is that fight potentially in Australia? 
Is it maybe somebody else that's fighting George Cambosis? We'll get all of that out of Steve Kim and some thoughts from him on the end of the year, fight of the year, etc. That's coming straight ahead. As I mentioned, we've got some news from the week. We've also got numerous fight cards and the odds to go over. How excited are you with all of I mean, I know we still got a couple of weekends, but the year enders here are, are delivering on a lot of diverse, exciting potential fights here that we have before we're done. Pretty fired up, TJ. Usually when you close the year out, uh, ESPN puts on like, every Saturday, usually around this time, after the Heisman Trophy ceremony in ESPN, they're off a boxing fight card that usually has Terrence Crawford. Well, the Terrence Crawford show is going to take, going elsewhere this year. So this year, in replace <laughs> of it, is Vasily Lomachenko, who has been in that spot before as well. So and, that, and that's, that's going to be a fun fight. It's really just a good time all around, TJ. I'm just glad we're having actually getting some good fights around here because we've got so many stay busies and tune-ups during this pandemic. It, it it's almost worse than COVID at this point, honestly. Yeah, let's let's get some let's get some action in the ring for sure. Uh, by the way, by by uh, uh, all means, we want you to know that we enjoy uh, having people hear us and find us all the time. Whether you found us through a social media link on the Big Fight Weekend podcast, whether you found us through the Sports Gambling Podcast website through their network of shows, the SGPN app that's available in the App Store for free. It's got all of the Sports Gambling Podcast. A family of podcasts, everything from football, uh, pro and college, everything to the NBA, to golf, to MMA, horse racing, uh, hockey, etc. That's all on the app. We are the boxing arm of that on the SGPN app. So, but the other thing is subscribe, follow or subscribe, and this podcast will come automatically to you as soon as it's out, usually midday Friday, previewing the weekend as part of Big Fight Weekend. Go to Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts, and subscribe away on that. One other uh, news item, the heavyweights making news. Can't say, I mean, the WBC makes this stuff up as they go along, the World Boxing Council out of Mexico City, and now they have reversed course just a few weeks after saying, eh, we're not so sure about Tyson Fury and Dillian White. They're now mandating it, that Fury has to fight him next. That is until the step-aside money might be coming Dillian White's way, if it is coming his way so that Fury fights Alexander Usyk instead in 2022 for the undisputed title. Marquise, what do you make of this? The reversal in the thinking and the mindset that we might get Fury against Dillian White next in early 2022. Knowing the WBC and the fact that they really are, TJ, making these up, as the hour goes on the clock here to the point where no one knows what's going on here. I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping we get this fight happen. So it gets done and be out, put the bed, but TJ, it's a bad precedent. If this fight does happen, because essentially what we're doing is we're rewarding bad behavior because Dillian white was for all intents and purposes should have fought Otto Wallin by now. And had he won that fight rightfully. So then we could have had this argument like, Hey, when's he going to fight Fury? He's been, you know, at some point, a, ta- a title contender in the one for one position spot for 590,000 days, or whatever number Eddie Hearn was rambling about. <laughs> and, 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 and then we can be done. Then we, we can be done with this. But instead, we had to go for the semantics, and the WBC doesn't want to deal with Dan Lust or any other attorney that we know around here, apparently, TJ. So they're, they're, going, they're going, they're going to push us all through. But at the end of the day, I, I know Eddie Hearn wants this fight with Dillian White. I just think the WBC finds a different way just to push him back aside again after Usyk at the end of the day. Well, and the part of the argument, and Hearn acknowledged this last weekend before we get to the Steve Kim conversation and talk about the fight in the ring last weekend, Haney and Diaz. Hearn gave a couple of interviews uh, to, the, to the different uh, media outlets, one of those IFL TV, who yeah. he talks to all the time. And he basically conceded that the smarter strategy, the bigger fight, 
is Fury fighting Usyk. And the Fury camp's argument between Bob Arum, his co-promoter, and Frank Warren over in England is that if Usyk fights Joshua again and beats Joshua, that Joshua has no value at that point. It is over. It is done. You and I would kind of argue right now that Joshua has next to no value as it is, having lost to Andy Ruiz and then reclaiming the title and now having lost to Usyk. I mean, I understand in England it would be a big deal, but how much big deal is it in the United States that Fury's fighting Anthony Joshua, who's lost twice, uh, at least in the short term over the last couple of years? So I understand what Hearn was conceding, Marquise Johns, which is the smarter play here is have the undisputed fight between Fury and Usyk and have Joshua fight the winner, whoever it is, um, and so he conceded that, but that doesn't mean that he's going to follow through because again, he's got the ironclad rematch, Joshua and Usyk set to go at some point, probably spring of 2022, like a March, April, May. And he's got Dillian white now in the crosshairs with the WBC to fight fury. He's got both fights. So Marquise, what do you make of all of that? It's pretty much a uh, Hearn just trying to pick, pick, you know, hedge his bets here to see which fight he can get first out of all of this. You know, either a Joshua Fury fight or something with Dillian White here at the end of the day. Either way, he wants a piece of Tyson Fury. We all understand and get that. Is this a matter of that, the fact that, unfortunately, he's going to have to wait like everybody else because everything's going on? It's just a matter of that. Had Joshua won and beat Usyk, we would have this conversation either. That's but, right. But That's since right. he lost and he has to sit here and pretty much wait to fight, get his get his belts back and start this clock all over again for that whole Fury Joshua undisputed. F- Speaking of things that should be left behind in the pandemic, TJ Fury Joshua, yeah, that whole thing, yeah, we're gonna go for that yeah. all again. Yeah, and I didn't no. I didn't set you up completely here. The <laughs> other real factor that Hearn realizes is if Usyk wins the rematch with Joshua. That ends Eddie Hearn's angle on an undisputed heavyweight title fight, oh, by the way, because he doesn't control Usyk, and he certainly doesn't control Fury, as, again, top rank in Queensbury, Frank Warren's outfit, are the co-promoters of Fury. So if you're him, you kind of want to make the Usyk fight and get something out of that because if if Usyk wins, you still have on paper the rematch with Anthony Joshua, and you get that. So I, I don't know. We'll wait and see how it all sorts out in the heavyweights and the heavyweights always attract more attention and more interest. Why uh, interest? Why don't we do this Marquise? Why don't we bring on our special guest? You and I will come back after that conversation with him and we'll get through uh, the uh, rest of the news of the week fight picks later on in the show. Nanita Donaire, Nonito Donaire defending his WBC Bantamweight title. He's a great story. That's in California uh, this weekend. Lomachenko trying to get back in the lightweight title picture, fighting Richard Comey. That's in New York this weekend. Connor Benn, a welterweight can title fight, the son of Nigel Benn. That's in England, in Liverpool, England this weekend. We've even got other fights in other parts of the globe that we're going to be talking about, too, with fight picks all upcoming. Special guest, though, coming right now as part of the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Yes, it has been a while, and we love the fact that we get this guy's insight whenever we get the chance to do so. Boxing insider, love his uh, insight, his wit, his wisdom on the sweet science, the three knockdown rule uh, the podcast. He and Mario Lopez. Also, you see him on Blaze TV. You see him with Jason Whitlock. He's writing there on Blaze TV's website as well. Longtime boxing insider and aficionado is Steve Kim back on the Big Fight Weekend podcast with TJ and Marquise. 
Uh, Brother Kim, you saw Devin Haney up close and personal last week. We got some real activity, like in the smaller weight classes and the lightweight classes. It's good to have you. There's lots to talk about. How you doing? I am doing well, and guys, you're absolutely right. First of all, great to join you. And If you look at the last three weeks, we saw Cambosis Lopez. We saw the two lightweights last week. I was actually at the fight at the uh, MGM Grand with Devin Haney. And then uh, we wrap it up this week at the uh, famed Madison Square Garden. So there's a lot going on at 135 to talk about. Let's let's talk about the Cambosis upset because we've not had a chance to speak to you about it, although I've read and I've heard you some on the three-knockdown rule. Put that upset of Cambosis, the Australian, knocking off Teofimo Lopez, who was heavily favored in his home away from home, hometown of, of New York. Uh, tell me more about how Cambosis did it and how shocked I, I think all of us are that he pulled that off. Well, look, anyone that says they weren't shocked, uh, I, I would like to see some proof that you actually thought Cambosis had a legitimate shot. You know, look, I, I think Teofimo is a great natural talent. He had one of the great victories you'll ever see from a young fighter. But the way they behaved, their attitude, their approach to the business and the sport, they did it to themselves. I, I don't have a lot of sympathy for him, and I actually worry about his long-term future. Psychologically, I wonder how much this really scars him. Um, and obviously, there's a lot of questions about who's going to be in his corner, but I, I don't see him making any changes, guys. I think it is what it is. He's going to have his father in that corner, for better or worse. But I think it's a lesson to a lot of young fighters that you are always one night away. Marquise John, senior writer, BigFightWeekend.com. What do you got for Steve Kim? Absolutely. Hey, Steve, I want to ask you because you were ringside for Devin Haney and Jojo Diaz last Saturday night. And uh, after the delays, after they poked you guys ringside with a stick up, uh, well, give me your thoughts on just that whole process of Devin Haney and how he looked last Saturday night. I thought for much of the fight, he was very good. But I, I do have some concerns. You know, look, if he was not in an era or a generation where you're allowed to weigh in well over 24 hours before you actually step into the ring, he would not be at 35, and it's two straight fights now, and I've been at both of them, first with Linares and now this past weekend with Joseph Diaz, where he got hurt late. Didn't hit the canvas. We have to be fair about that. And Linares has always been a really good offensive fighter, certainly an above-average puncher. What's more alarming is that Diaz really is not much of a puncher. He's a good little mechanic in the ring. And I thought he hurt him several times, most notably in the 12th. I, I, for Diaz, he's going to look back at that fight and wondering why wasn't he not busier. Um, but Haney's a very skilled boxer. He's got a very high ring IQ, technically sound, but he's not as slick as people think. He, he's actually more touchable than the perception um, that he's this really slick Mayweather-type boxer. But I, I think he's a very grounded guy, very mature but unfortunately, with his style and the difficulties in facing that style, I, I still think in many ways he's the avoided champion at 135. Again, the voice of Steve Kim with us, hanging out here. Great boxing insider. You see Steve right now on Blaze TV, Jason Whitlock's uh, fearless program. He writes for them as well. Three Knockdown Rule podcast is a must-listen when he and Mario Lopez are always mixing it up weekly. Find that wherever you get podcasts. So that leads to the logical question that both Haney and Cambosis were standing there five feet from each other on the DAZN broadcast after it was over. And they did the same thing for the media after the DAZN show was over. They, they both made nice. Haney said the right things about, I will go to Australia to fight him. 
Do you believe that, Steve Kim? A, is it realistic? And do you believe Haney would follow through and fight him in Australia? Undisputed title shot or not? What do you, what's your read on that? Well, okay, let me clarify what's been said to me by the, the people that are directly involved with both careers. Peter Kahn, the manager of George Cambosis, has made it uh, crystal clear. Luda Bell has also confirmed this. George is going to have an optional defense in April or May in Australia. Uh, I know there's some issues in terms of the COVID and the lockdowns and restrictions they have, but they're probably going to face a top 15 guy. The question then becomes, can you then convince one of the other marquee fighters at 135 to go to Australia and, and to put up with whatever you're going to have to to make that money? I think Devin Haney understands or has been told that, hey, this may be our biggest shot to do this, and you may have to go through the inconvenience and make yourself uncomfortable. With that said, here's, here's something I was told by Bob Arum yesterday on his 90th birthday. Vasil Lomachenko fights this week against Richard Comey on ESPN. And I asked Bob, um, what are the chances of Lomachenko getting a title shot? What are his forecasts for 22? And where does Australia stand? He basically said, look, we're number one in two of the weight, uh, the sanctioning bodies, the WBC and I believe the WBO, which are held mm-hmm. by George Cambosis. And they said, uh, Bob's exact words were, that opportunity to go to Australia would be wonderful. Those were his words, that they've done shows in Australia before, they enjoy the people, they think it's a big event. And also, keep this in mind, Agus Klimas manages Lomachenko, just like he did for Usyk. He is not afraid to take chances and make his fighters actually act like gladiators and hit the road. So I get the sense... Again, this is just my guess. I don't know anything right now further than what I told you, that if Lomachenko is the mandatory or is stated as such by the beginning of the year, I have a feeling that fight could actually happen down under. Very interesting on that. Okay, but let me proposition it this way. If, and we don't know, but if the COVID restrictions continue and if there are question marks about how many fans can be there, it's not as lucrative a situation. Everybody understands that for Cambosis or whoever he's fighting. So what's the likelihood? Give me, look into that crystal ball, Steve Kim. What's the likelihood that the fight is not back in the United States, probably in Las Vegas in front of a full house where they pay Cambosis more to come back here uh, do you believe that that's more likely than him fighting in Australia or less likely? Well, like I said, I think there's going to be a homecoming fight. I actually did speak to George, and George is pretty insistent. I'm going to do one title defense in Australia because if you look at his road, and they've all pointed this out, his last three fights have been on the road. He hasn't fought in Australia in a couple of years, so they're going to prop up somebody at 135 to fight. The question, again, is are they going to get one of the marquee names, and you know who they are, to go down under, but we know the reality of the business. It's very difficult to beat casino money, and if the promoters involved can get somebody to put up a site fee, there's a very good chance that, yes, he comes back to the U.S. Larry Merchant taught me long ago, Steve, this business is very simple. Don't overthink it. They go where the money is. Follow the money, no doubt. Marquise Johns, what else you got for Steve Kim before he has to depart? Uh, absolutely. Get, get Steve out on this. I uh, uh, want to ask you about, because uh, it's that time of the year, your fight of the year. Number one uh, at this point, I'm convinced, it's Fury Wilder. Number two is Chocolatito Estrada. What, Steve, is your number three fight of the year? Is it Fulton Figueroa or is it something else? 
that's you know it's interesting. I, I for pure action, I I I think number one is Chocolatito against Estrada. I I haven't changed my opinion on that, and I, I know I'm in the minority. I know that's not going to win fight of the year. As for number three, I'll be honest with you, I, I haven't really thought about it. Oh, the figure all Fulton was pretty good, but I thought it got a little bit repetitive. Um, nobody really got hurt that badly where I said, wow, what a great round this was. You know, in terms of drama and what was really at stake, and I do know that Figueroa Fulton was a unification bout, mm-hmm. how about Cambosis Lopez? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, let's not overlook the fact yeah. that that's the upset of the year, but sometimes the upset of the year is also a really good fight. Yes. And and by the way, both fighters down. Lopez down in the first round, Cambosis down, as you know, uh, Steve and Marquise, and in serious trouble in the 10th round and survived it and won. I think it deserves some consideration because, again, it was an undisputed title fight. And what was he, Steve, like a 10 or 12 or even worse to one underdog? I believe, yeah. TJ, I think he was 13 to 1. Wow. Mm. And, and look, I don't see a lot of Monday morning quarterbacking here because most everybody said this would not only be a knockout but it would be in the first half of the fight. It, it, it's amazing as I'm watching this fight, it's clear to me that Teofimo and his father thought this was going to be a three-minute excursion. And at the very end of that first round, that booming right hand came right over the top. It kind of reminded me of the first fight between Rocky and Apollo Creed. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, oh, my God, this is, this is life imitating art. And even, and look, and I, and I, even in the early rounds, I said, okay, momentary blip. Teo's too good. He's going to get it together. And then by the 6th, 7th round, you're saying to myself, he's probably losing this fight. Then you go to the 10th, Teal sends down Cambosis, and you think, okay, order is restored, momentary scare, he's going to finish this. Then when he loses 11 and 12, and, and look, I'm a big Teofimo Lopez fan, or I was, in, in good conscience, I could not say to myself, Cambosis did not win that fight. They got it correct. Bottom line. Agree with that. And before you go, Gervonta Davis obviously wins last week over Isaac Cruz, who was a, a later fill-in. He had two or three weeks to get pre- get ready to fight Isaac Cruz. Uh, so Davis wins. Clearly, he's aligned with PBC. Clearly, he wants to be on pay-per-view. Uh, Ryan Garcia's name gets floated out there. Is the, uh, is Gervonta Davis going to have a name opponent? We think for his next fight, we don't believe he's in the mix to fight Cambosis because it's different side of the street, different promoters, that kind of stuff. But what about Gervonta Davis fitting into this mix at 135, and is he going to have a name opponent on his next pay-per-view? What do you think? What do you hear? Well, keep this in mind. Cambosis, and it's been made clear to me by everyone involved on that side, they are actually a free agent. There is no real exclusivity as it relates to the network. Okay, although it, it does seem like he's kind of embedded with the zone. With that said, we heard what Floyd Mayweather said right after the fight with Barrios a few months ago. He said, well, we're not looking to make fights with anyone else. Why make anyone else great? And I'm thinking to myself, okay, uh, thanks for the honesty. <laughs> uh, I mean, they, they said it themselves, him and Leonard Alibi. They seem to be on a planet by themselves, planet tank, right? And, and, and so... And then it, you bring up Ryan Garcia, guys. Ryan Speaking Garcia needs to be quiet. Yeah, I, I mean he's in his own solar system. I mean Ryan Garcia literally has backed out of fights. He fought one time this year. I think he fought January second or the third against Luke Campbell. That's yep. correct. Um, he was he was mandated to fight Haney. 
found a way out of that. He signed to fight Fortuna. He had mental health issues. Okay, good luck to him. Still didn't keep him off social media or going on vacation and posting. But okay, whatever. Then he signs to fight Joseph Diaz and then backs out of that. You want to talk about the real-life boy who cried wolf? Seriously. So it's easy for him to bark and say what you want about Tank. I actually think Tank's really good, and I think he eked out a tough decision over a very stout little pit bull cruise. Um, It's easy for a guy like Ryan Garcia to say, I could beat King Kong, Godzilla, and the Loch Ness Monster, knowing you never have to face him. Right. (laughs) It's all talk. I mean, honestly, you know, guys, I don't know about you, Marquis. I know you're on Twitter a lot with me and TJ. Yeah. And that is, you actually have other stuff to do that's more productive, but <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie to you. I retweet Ryan just for kicks, getting knowing the reaction he's going to get. I, I, yes. I, I chuckle at the reactions that he gets because oh, I think people are sick of him. Yeah, well, and he's had one fight in a year and a half, and, and there's great suspicion about all the shenanigans, as you pointed out. And I don't know that he's in the mix for a big-time fight anytime soon or not. We will, we will find out on that. Listen, you have been great to be with us on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. I know you're anxious to see what happens with Lomachenko this weekend. It's a wild yeah. weekend with a lot of fights every which direction this weekend. And we're closing out a year that, uh, that thank God, we got to some of the bigger fights in the second half of this year. We saw an Ugas upset of Manny Pacquiao that we haven't talked about. We saw Fury Wilder 3. We saw Usyk upset Joshua. We saw Teofimo Lopez lose in an undisputed situation. We've seen a lot on the back half of the year. We should be grateful for that as we come to the close of 2021. Right, and that's why TJ and Marquise, I'm looking forward to Saturday because anything can happen. Look, Richard Comey um, is a tough, rugged guy. He, Outside of one night, he does not go gently into the night. He got hit with a shot by Teofimo, and he got blitzed. But other than that, he's a very stout, tough, durable fighter, and he's going to test Lomachenko in certain ways. And if Lomachenko can show a certain form, we can make an argument that might still be the best lightweight in the world, and that's going to set up some big opportunities for him. On Showtime, I'm looking forward to see Nonito Donnell again because Nonito told me yesterday, Steve, I get through this, uh, I either want Casamero in that unification bout or I want the rematch with Inoue. And the Donaire renaissance of the past two, three years, I think, has been remarkable as he puts the finishing touches on what has been a Hall of Fame career. So uh, I'm looking forward to having my TV and my laptops out and watching Saturday. It's going to be a fun night. And Marquise, we get to watch one of our favorite young prospect, so I think is earmarked for stardom and Keyshawn Davis mm, his yes. top-ranked debut, and I'm very excited to watch. Oh, by the way, guys, did you know that Nico Walsh Ali is Muhammad Ali's grandson? I don't know if you I heard that. I have never heard that. I, I, be- <laughs> I believe that might have come up once or twice, and he's on the card, too. Breaking? Yes. Not sure if we're yeah. breaking the news not yeah, or I not. Thought, or... I, thought I, I thought I'd enlighten you guys with that little tidbit there. It hasn't been talked about a lot. You the know? next, you know the next thing you're going to tell us is that what you told us earlier, that it's breaking news that Bob Arum turned 90 years of age. I hadn't heard that this week 87 yeah. times. You know what's funny, TJ? It really goes to show you, though, that if you love what you do, um, it's not a job. And I, and I kept hearing Mario Cristobal, my new coach at Miami, he says it's not a job, it's a vocation and that it's a passion for him, and I really admire it because if you love your job, you never work a day in your life. And when I spoke to Bob, Bob facetiously but seriously says, hey, look, the next decade I'm planning this out. And he said it's not just the big events that I really love. Where I really get a satisfaction is developing 
fighters' careers and making stars. And if you look at what Top Rank's done, they got the whole Olympic team from the U.S. side. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, look at it. And they just signed Bruce Carrington, who's a very talented young man out of Brooklyn. Yes. Um, it's interesting that other companies are not signing nearly as much young talent as Top Rank is. And that's the, that's the strength of Top Rank in a sense that they may lose their top-end stars, and it looks like Terrence Crawford's going to obviously walk on uh, maybe on the other side of the street to finally try to get Errol Spence. But there is a factory-like precision to what they do that as a Crawford moves out, don't worry, they have about 18 more guys coming down yeah. the ramp <laughs> looking to replace him. That's the beauty of what Top Rank really does. And that's the beauty of this guy. Steve Kim does a great job. Again, we love you with Mario Lopez on the Three Knockdown Rule podcast. You can also see it on Triller TV in addition to hearing the audio version of the podcast. Blaze TV, he's on the Fearless program with Jason Whitlock. You read him on Blaze's website uh, as well. Always love it. Steve, have a great rest of 2021. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Uh, Festivus for the rest of us, all of that. We love it. Thank you for the insight on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. We always love having you on. Anytime, guys. Let's do this again soon. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy Steve Kim again. One more time, thank you to him for popping on board. Uh, Marquise, anything in closing on what Steve had to say there? Lightweight picture. I'll ask you the same question. What is more likely that we have a Cambosis big-time title defense in Australia against someone, or the bigger money is because of pandemic concerns, crowd and revenue concerns in Australia? Hey, George. Come on back to Las Vegas. You'll get even more money to come back to Vegas to have one of these big fights, whether it is Haney, whether it is a rematch with Lopez, although Lopez says I'm not going to stay at 135, whether it's Lomachenko, whoever it is, what's more likely, in Australia or or in the U.S. for a big-time fight? Going to be honest, TJ, we need to get our uh, stamp our passports here. I think this Australia thing is happening one way or another next year. And I'm going to piggyback what Kim mentioned with uh, him talking with Bob Am about this. Bob uh, at the uh, presser today for Richard Comey and Lomachenko mentioned this flat out. Uh, he mentioned two things, actually. One I'll, I'll, I'll tell you on, on the back end. But the first one he mentioned more importantly is the winner of this Comey Lomachenko fight is the WBO mandatory uh, challenger. So that slot's already slotted there, as Kim mentioned earlier. Uh, number two, the one thing that Bob mentioned in, in, as he's do, doing his, you know, 90th birthday celebration week for me. That whole thing. He's been doing that. Uh, the one thing he mentioned was a great story because Don King called him TJ. And yeah. the, one, the one phone call he mentioned was that him and him and Don don't get along except one thing. We outlived our competitors and they're all dead and gone. That was the one of the funniest things I've heard in the press conference all oh. year long. Tremendous. But I do think, TJ, but, but, but to piggyback that point that Kim did make with, with Bob, he was spoke to Bob. The one thing that Bob does have as well is fighters from Australia on top rank, the Maloney twins. So right. you, you can put them on a card with Cambosis, put Lomachenko in the main event, or the winner if, if it's Kami by chance. Both are, Lou, both are Lou DiBella guys. It's it's a pretty simple fight to make at that point. It's, it's, it's all but a done deal. You're making too much sense. What do we always say on this podcast? Ah, crap, if, it's, yeah. if, it makes, <laughs> if it makes too much sense, it seems too logical, they're not going to do it in yeah. boxing. But that does <laughs> seem to make a lot of sense. Uh, that you would have one or both of the Maloney twins maybe on the card, Cambosis undisputed title defense. Um, again, did I hear this correctly? He is the first ever undisputed, and we're going to keep calling him that. He's yes. he's the guy that beat Lopez. Lopez beat Lomachenko for the undisputed belts. Devin Haney has a lesser version of the – the WBC can't even explain what title Devin Haney has because they were calling it interim. They were calling it the world title. They're now calling it the franchise title. They're not calling it the happy meal with extra fries title. I don't know. 
I, I mean, the, the Cambosis is the WBC champ. He is the undisputed champ, and he's the first four-belt Australian undisputed champ. So there will be some sizzle. The real question is, again, if the COVID restrictions and the lockdown yeah. uh, continues. And remember, right now at this time of the year, it's summertime in Australia. Yeah. Is that going to help decrease some of the numbers? But if the restrictions continue into January, February, March, does that hamper making a Cambosis fight because you can't have big crowd there for whatever? We don't know that. That's an unknown, and that's a big variable right now in this. It really is, DJ. But to piggyback what you mentioned about Devin Haney's version of his WBC belt, uh, as I learned on the internet for the last two and a half years, it's referred to as the WBC emailed belt because that's how they got it to him, apparently, which I still think is one of the funnier <laughs> things ever. They emailed yeah, what a, they emailed a JPEG. Uh, emailed, been, had he printed out? Even the welcome letter. Hey, this is your belt. There you go. That's how. I, that's how it all went down. Apparently, it's one of the funniest uh, things ever, TJ. That, that's why hey, I really do think at the end of the day, Haney, Haney may be one of the more avoided fighters out of all of this, but he doesn't have much leverage in any of these situations. He just has a minor version of a WBC belt that they made up for the kid. So he's kind of stuck. He would be. He would be smart. And he said after the fight, we were talking about this with Steve Kim a couple of moments yeah. ago, and then we're going to move on. I promise. Fight picks still upcoming here on the Big Fight Weekend podcast for these title fights this weekend. We got fights in LA, fights in New York, fights in Liverpool, England. Uh, even fights what in the Middle East, right? And in, in, yeah. uh, we'll get to that Dubai. Uh, in Dubai. Uh, but one of the things that we should cover is Haney brazenly said, braggingly said, I'll fight him in Australia. I'll go to Jupiter if I have to, meaning the planet, <laughs> not Jupiter, Florida, where Tiger Woods lives. Yeah. Um, he said, I'll go to Jupiter and fight him if I have to. Now saying that and actually following through and doing that are two different things to go fight him. Because as Steve Kim was saying, what if you have to go through all the restrictions, come there like a month early, blah, 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 to finish your training? What if, what if all of that uh, to be repeatedly COVID tested were to be the situation? Would Haney be as apt to do that? I guess, here we go again with follow the money. If they paid him enough, you would be willing to go through those sacrifices. And this clearly stands to be his biggest payday ever Devin Haney to fight an undisputed title fight. Yeah. And, and this one of those fights, TJ, where I think with Haney, if, if he gets this fight, he's going to be the first one up to take it. He's going to run with it. And it, it brings off all the mercy pretty much of what Cambosis does. I'm, I'm just looking forward to TJ to seeing more of these fights in Australia. We got the Maloney twins. We got Tim Zoo on the rise. At, at this point, TJ, it's not Uzbekistan that's the new fight country. It's, uh, it's Australia coming up. <laughs> we like that. On that note, we need to pause here. We're going to come back with the fight picks of the title fights, as I mentioned, all over the continent and even all over uh, the globe in Europe as well. Much to get to, a lot of interest. We will uh, have all of that as the show rolls on. But first, we're brought to you by our friends at WinBet. Are you ready to win money and boost your odds? Well, WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. And we're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. You've got exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all the favorite teams, the players, the sports. We've got the NFL starting up soon. Uh, Major League Baseball is ongoing. You've got the golf. You've got the MMA. Uh, Pretty soon the NBA will be back. The NHL will be back. College football and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. We have what you need with WinBet. If you're ready to play, sign up today. Get a special offer. Get a risk-free $500 bet from us at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network by just downloading 
and using our promo code SGPN. Download the WinBet app. Visit wynnbet.com. That's wynnbet.com to find out more right now. If you're ready to play, if you're ready to win, they're the premier sports betting experience. Download, bet, and win with WinBet. And we're brought to you in part by Tick Pick with College Football's Championship Weekend behind us. The bowl season, though, is about to be here, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet for tickets to see your favorite teams play in their bowl game. That's because Tick Pick is the original no fee ticket site. That's Tick Pick, TickPick.com, or the Tick Pick mobile app. It's the only one you ever need to go for all of the games, whether you're talking about NCAA football, the NFL, concerts, the NBA, and more. Whether you're talking about the college football playoff semifinal games on New Year's Eve with Alabama now playing Cincinnati in the Cotton Bowl or in Miami, they're going to have Georgia and Michigan face off. Tick Pick has got all of the best ticket prices, and they don't have the service fees that all the others have. Plus, if you're looking to go out to the Rose Bowl for Ohio State and Utah on New Year's afternoon, or if you're also looking at that Sugar Bowl on New Year's night between Ole Miss and Baylor with the upset win. TickPick guarantees all the best prices for all the college football tickets this bowl season. If you don't believe it and you can find a better price somewhere else, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference on your purchase price. Seek it out. Visit TickPick today. Go to TickPick.com slash SGP. That's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, TickPick.com slash SGP. And we're brought to you in part by Prize Picks, the easy way to play Daily Fantasy. Daily Fantasy is simplified by picking two to five players and the over-under in their projections, and you can win up to ten times your amount on any entry. Use our promo code SGP and get a 100% deposit match up to 100 bucks. It is you versus the projected numbers. It has tons of stats on prize picks, yards, receptions, touchdown, fantasy points, all of that. Prize picks will also allow mixed sports entries. You can take the over on LeBron and combine that with the under on Mahomes in the same entry. They offer every sport you can think of from the NFL to college football, the NBA, college basketball, Major League Baseball, Soccer, MMA, and more. Prize Picks has award-winning, easy-to-use mobile app in both the App Store and the Google Play Store. Prize Picks is a 4.8-star rated app and has got rave reviews. And the entries can be made in 60 seconds or less with Prize Picks. It's just that easy. It's safe. They've got fast withdrawals. What are you waiting for? PrizePicks.com. Promo code SGP. 100% deposit match up to 100 bucks with Prize Picks. We're also brought to you in part by SoBet. Since when is sports betting supposed to be so rigid? Sports betting is meant to be social. When I picture betting, I picture bootleggers with mustaches tossing bets around at a speakeasy. SoBet is taking the social lineage of betting and putting a modern twist on it by providing a modern platform. SoBet is changing the game with their new product. Head over to SoBet.io and create an account and find out for yourself. Fully functioning, 
free web application. You can access a demo of their app that will launch next fall. That app includes consensus lines from Las Vegas, a feed of what other people are betting on, and the ability to send friendly wagers to anyone you know via a text, a QR code, or links, among other methods. No money is transacted on the app, and it's purely competitive. Next time that you're going to be out with your friends watching sports, turn it up a notch. Go to SoBet.io and see who can hit the most ridiculous bets. Users have the ability to place bets off the Vegas odds or generate a bet by changing the metric if they want, as long as somebody's on the other side to accept it. Let's go back to the roots of betting with SoBet. Go to SoBet.io. That's SoBet.io and join the revolution. And we're brought to you in part by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. If you're not using PropSwap, you're just missing out. PropSwap is America's number one app to buy and sell those sports bets. And you can find the best odds in the country because you're buying directly from other bettors. Use our promo code SGP and your first deposit for PropSwap will be doubled up to $500. Double the cash means double the odds. And if you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. Sellers across the country list their bets for sale and thousands of buyers visit PropSwap every day to find the best odds on futures, props, and parlays. The average prop swapper makes $500 a month just buying and selling sports bets through PropSwap. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or just download the app in the Google Play or the Apple Store. PropSwap, it's where America buys and sells sports bets. And we're brought to you by our friends at Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on the matchups. You can cash out for gift cards when you hit your bets and even help raise money for charity along the way. It's a brand new company looking to grow their early adopter community. It's a slick app. It's fun to use. And one of the reasons we love it is it also offers prop betting. So if you're in a state that hasn't legalized gambling yet, you can get some prop bets going on Better Fantasy. Totally free to play. Download it now for iPhone or for Android and check them out online, betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. Again, spell better, B-E-T-T-O-R, fantasy.com slash S-G-P-N. And a reminder, the SGPN app is right there live now in the App Store and the Google Play Store. This app gives you easy access to all of our picks, all of our podcasts, everything in the content from the SGPN family of shows and everything that's going on on the app. Don't forget, give us an app review. Download the SGPN app today in the App Store and the Google Play Store. Look for us. It's the SGPN app. We're back on Big Fight Weekend. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. We are back in once more here as we get ready. I cannot believe that I'm saying this. We only have three weekends left. Only three weekends left really here in uh, 2021. This one has got a ton crammed in it, as I often like to say. Ten pounds of potatoes trying to fit in a five-pound bag this weekend (laughs) with all the fights and everything happening every which direction. That laugh belongs to Marquise John, senior writer, BigFightWeekend.com. He's back in. Let's get into it. I know Steve Kim was making mention of Lomachenko Kome. Again, it's not a title fight, but it is essentially whoever wins this is very much in the picture for George Cambosis. And you know and I know that Top Rank wants that to be Lomachenko, the former undisputed champion, the former junior lightweight uh, unified world champion. 
All right, Marquise, let's get into it with odds and what we think might happen in the ESPN top-ranked main event Saturday night in New York. Uh, real interesting, TJ. Uh, pretty much uh, his challenger, Richard Kame, it, it, he comes in as a dog, as, as everyone expects here. Uh, I, did, I just don't think... Lomachenko's favorite in a lot of these books, 10 to 1, actually. I don't think Kami's that much of an underdog, TJ. This isn't... This, this is a lot different from when uh, Lopez was facing Cambosis, and obviously Lopez didn't take Cambosis seriously at all whatsoever. We know Lomachenko's going to take Kami uh, seriously whatsoever, and he, and he said as much at the press conference today, he's saying as much as saying he's a great fighter, and the usual sports cliches they say before they punch each other in the face. So the, <laughs> the one thing that I thought was real interesting about this fight, TJ, was the fact that the, the winner of this at the end of the day gets a chance or a crack at Cambosis. So that's all the motivation these folks really do need at the end of the day out of all of this. And by the way, I'm looking at a couple of places where Lomachenko is 14 or 15 to one. So that's interesting on the lines under over on the rounds is eight and a half. Uh, we saw a uh, again has got some knockout power himself, but man, Teofimo Lopez blitzed him as Steve Kim alluded to with a bomb right hand a couple of years ago in this same December slot uh, for the Heisman trophy. Uh, he hit Comey so hard that Comey probably thought he won the Heisman Trophy after the fight when they were interviewing him. Uh, <laughs> so that that was a knockout loss. Under over eight and a half rounds on this one, Marquise Johns, the ESPN top-ranked main event. What are you smelling? You liking the under? I'm liking the over on this, TJ, actually because for the simple thing, fact that the one thing with Lomachenko that I've realized, if, if the over, over and under is at eight and a half, even against Nakatani, who I don't even think is as nowhere as near as good as Richard Kami is, that went 10 rounds. So unless Lomachenko is, is in, in this, big, this brand new guy who, who what, you know, off this arm surgery, who, you know, is finally fully healed. He's a, he's this new bionic man again. I don't think he, I, I think he goes. I think this fight goes the distance, actually. I think I think Lomachenko wins on points and we may be in for a tactical contest, but I, I think we could take the over on that. Okay, so that's the under over on that. We'll just stay with the different cards while we're there. Yeah. On the top ranked card, Steve Kim was mentioning Keyshawn Davis uh, off the Olympics and doing well in Tokyo, got all the way to the gold medal match uh, before losing and getting a silver medal. Keyshawn Davis has had three professional fights. Again, it was a quirky Olympic year where they allowed the professionals to come back in if they had already qualified for the Olympics. They had the option to come back in. So Keyshawn Davis has had three pro fights. He's on this card. How interested are you in his bout? The big heavyweight Jared Big Baby uh, Anderson is on this card as well in New York on the top-ranked show. What about it, Marquise? Well, uh, Big Baby Anderson's in the co-main event uh, on ESPN, TJ. I don't think that fight's going to last any longer than three rounds for the simple fact that the press conference today, they, they tried to speak to his opponent uh, uh, from the other side of the country, and he may have spoken probably five letters of English. So I'm, 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 I'm going to go with Jared Anderson on that one. Also, uh, you may have heard some guy named uh, Muhammad Ali's grandson on this fight card. He's in action. Right. Xander Zayas is on this fight card. The one thing about this card, TJ, and I'm going to piggyback him again on this because he pre-brought it up as well. Top rank is reloading, guys, and pretty much they're starting with, 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 with the youth movement here. Last this time last year, TJ, it, it was it was a lot of well, they didn't have this fight this time last year, but the year before that, the Lomachenko card they had where it was Lomachenko, you know, hanging out with Lopez, and then you had Crawford, you know, in the main event of that one. They had a lot more older guys on this. This one, it's the guys that just they just signed. Shushu Carrington's on this fight card. It's, it's a lot of kids. It's it's interesting. Sure. So I'm looking for I'm looking forward to seeing the youth movement here and pretty much Brandon the Lee top also, right? Brandon Lee on this card. He's on the showtime uh, I card. believe he's on the showtime card. Okay, my mistake yeah. on that. But Brandon Lee's gonna be in action. There's a lot of young yeah. fighters that are gonna be in oh, action. Yeah. 
uh, as well on this. Okay, so that'll segue. The Showtime card is in Carson, California. Marquis says, do not call it the Punch Bowl. Call it no. the War Grounds, <laughs> the Dignity Health Sports Complex. Nonito Donair and Raymart Gabayo, two Filipino fighters. They had fun with that at the Thursday press conference about both being from the Philippines, both going for the WBC Bantamweight title that Donair holds. Donair has great respect uh, for anybody he fights, but especially Gabalo being Filipino uh, in this battle. That's the main event on Showtime. Donaire is favored uh, three to one, four to one, depending on where you're looking. Yeah. Again, Donaire is the oldest Bantamweight world champion ever. Ever. Ever <laughs> at almost 39 years of age now. All right. Well, what do you think? What do you think on that one with Donaire, the slight favorite over Gabato? I think. I think Donaire gets it done against uh, Gabayo, TJ. The one thing about Gabayo in this fight, and this is a fight that G actually Gabayo should even be in. It should be Emmanuel Rodriguez. He was the guy who got jobbed in a split decision when he fought in the bubble late last year, and he, and he got the he got the coin flip on that, where you can make a debate where it could have been Rodriguez in this. Either way, it, it, this is pretty much a stay busy for, for, for uh, Donaire at this point. What's the likelihood that Donaire and his side put aside all of the drug-rumored controversy and actually fight Casimiro or if Donaire wins is he holding out for the rematch with the monster Naoya in a way and forget Casimiro that that ship has sailed what do you think personally I think he wants any I think I think Donaire wants revenge TJ I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with the revenge factor over anything that this, this Casimiro fight where that fight can just happen whenever they feel like actually getting together and coming together on that and and Casimiro stops taking drugs allegedly whatever the case may be so I, I really think I do think Donaire wants that fight back with anyway which by the way TJ if memory serves me well was one of those fights of the year back in 2019 and I know that he wants it yep he wants a piece of that title back so he and the monster slug it out in the uh the world boxing super series finale in the bantamweight division and Naoya in a way won it in Japan despite having a fractured eye orbital he pushed through he won the fight Love to see that one again, but uh, there's still some hurdles that have to be cleared for that to happen between Donaire and the Monster, if that is the case. You mentioned uh, Brandon Lee on this. Uh, Abdu Karahoff is the uh, is the welterweight that they're also featuring against Cody Crawley uh, in the welterweight co-feature on the Showtime card coming Saturday. So we've, we've got those there as well. Earlier in the afternoon in England, in Liverpool, England, this is the DAZN show with Connor Ben, the unbeaten welterweight, the son of the former two-division world champ, Nigel Ben, who we were big fans of in the 90s. If you go in the way back, Nigel Ben's son on the ascent right now in the welterweight division against veteran Chris Algieri, non-title main event. Uh, in Liverpool for Connor Ben. This fight delayed by Connor Ben getting COVID 19 back a couple of months ago. They had to reschedule it uh, back, I believe, in early September. So they rescheduled yeah. it for December. Uh, thoughts on this? Odds and, and a selection, maybe? Uh, yeah, go with Connor Ben uh, easily on points here. I think with Algeria, he's going, he, Algeria's coming across the pond, TJ, to come to, to uh, Ben's backyard in, in Liverpool to face him. It's going to be, it's, it's going to be, it's, it's an uphill slide for him on all of that. And the one thing I will give Algeria credit for is that at least he is back active again and actually has shown some pretty decent footwork, actually. I'm, I'm surprised that the former title challenger Algeria is actually back in this action at, at his age. He, he's, he's coming off of a win uh, on one of these these brutal thriller cards where he beat Michael Lace Pierre. So he's, he's been active and moving around. So we'll see how that plays out, but I, think I don't ben see would... a ring prop on that one. You said points. 
You don't think Ben tries to get Algieri out of there? I, you know what's funny about that, TJ? I don't think, I don't think Algieri is going to be get caught with anything along those lines where he's just going to run and blitz. He's not Algieri's not the same guy that Ben has been blitzing these last few challenges, like the Vargas. He did like he beat in one round. Algieri's a, a, a puncher and, and a punch away kind of guy. So if anything, it's going to look a lot like that Formella fight, TJ, where pretty much Conor Ben had to run him down for twelve rounds and then slug it out with him that way. It's, it's, it's going to be one of those. Again, Ben very much would want to be in the welterweight picture, but he's got to take a number and be in yeah. line at the moment because uh, the fights are lining up. Uh, and PBC has a big hand in this with Ugas, with Spence, with what's going to happen. Is Terrence Crawford going to sign with PBC and end up fighting these guys? Connor Ben right now kind of in the back. Can we see him back there with his hand yeah. up saying, wait a minute, what about me as an unbeaten welterweight? We'll see if he's impressive. Katie Taylor is always... Uh, impressive and there's intrigue for a couple of reasons she is defending her undisputed uh ladies uh world lightweight championship she's yes. got all four belts but the interest is if she is victorious in liverpool in the co-feature fight on the DAZN show saturday afternoon u.s time saturday night london time then amanda serrano is looming serrano is fighting right here where i host the podcast in the tampa bay area next weekend downtown tampa and Serrano Taylor appears to be collision course if both win. So we'll keep an eye on Katie Taylor to win. And then Serrano's fight is a non-title fight next weekend on the undercard of the Jake Paul main event, downtown Tampa. So again, Marquise, we got to keep track of all of this because it is what happens next for Taylor and Serrano that may be the most interesting, right? Absolutely, TJ. But in the way of Katie Taylor is her challenger, mandatory challenger, Fizura Sharapova. I, I was working on it. And the one thing Very about nice. her, and the one thing about her, TJ, is that she she's been training with the last person who beat Katie Taylor in the amateurs. I don't know what that means in the ring on Saturday for her, but she's trying. It can't be no worse than the last uh, opponents, Jennifer Hahn and the countless Natasha Jones and the countless others that Katie right. Delphine Persoon. I mean, Katie Taylor hasn't really faced anybody, guys. Until and the fight that we need to see is Amanda Serrano at this point. It's been it's an it's been in the waiting we're tired of waiting make it happen we'll see what happens next and serrano again one of the big brand names in women's boxing one of the top fighters in the united states let's see if she doesn't follow through as well after katie taylor's fight uh this weekend and we mentioned the card in dubai will be sunny edwards an entertaining fighter uh from england fighting jason mama and that is for edwards's ibf flyweight championship so a couple of title fights in dubai we've got them every which direction how intrigued are you by the edwards mama fight by the way i'm actually intrigued because sunny edwards has been on twitter all week tj just talking to anybody who wants to listen to him uh <laughs> mentioning he has a fight this weekend about it did you now, answer him while he was I, talking i had to work but i i, I did want to make, make note of it because i do think he's gonna be a problem with him holding that by bf belt at 112 because he he's gonna be a weight he's gonna be one of those guys that he's just a puncher and he's one of those punchers that doesn't hit for a lot of power at 112 but he annoys you enough at 112 to keep you keep you <laughs> to keep you at distance so i'm looking forward to see where he moves from here after this fight with a almighty uh, mama here which i think this is mandatory but it, 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 it one of these fights at the ibf you know voluntary defenses it is what it is so again action everywhere earlier in the day in the united states from dubai and the united arab emirates a couple of title fights later in the afternoon u.s time liverpool england connor ben welterweight title contender fight for him against chris algieri katie taylor is the uh, undisputed ladies champ in the co-main event and then we get to saturday night in new york lomachenko uh, battling Richard Comey and all the way out in California in Carson at the War Grounds, as Marquise likes to refer to it. Uh, Dignity Health Sports Complex, Donaire, 
and Gabayo, two Filipino fighters. It will be Sunday afternoon uh, in the Philippines when that fight is happening Sunday night, late U.S. time, Sunday prime time, West Coast time for uh, the uh, Donaire WBC Bantamweight Championship. And what's what's at stake there for him is, again, a much larger fight potentially with the monster, Naoya Inouye that could be coming. I think we're good. I think that's a full show. Marquise, plug away for yourself, the site, because we're going to be all over all these fight cards this weekend for sure. Absolutely. Bigfightweekend.com, TJ, your source for all things boxing news, past, present, and future. We'll keep an eye on all these fight cards taking place over the weekend. We'll see what Sonny Edwards and the ever Paul Malignaggi in the land of misfit toys out in Dubai does in this in the initial uh, pro-bellum card. That's, that should be really interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing what that's going to look like, just as a, as a whole out, out of Dubai, as well as the top-ranked show, as well as the Heisman winner. And the uh, Showtime card as well. I'm looking forward to seeing that is because uh, the one thing on this card, TJ, is they, they, Brandon Lee's in the opener. They're giving him an actual live body in Juan Heraldo's finally. Thank goodness. So we'll see how, how he looks out on, as well. And we'll keep up with all of that at BigFightWeekend.com newswise. Love that, Brandon Lee. Big punching power. We love the historical perspective, by the way. Uh, that included earlier this week the anniversary of Manny Pacquiao defeating Oscar De La Hoya, retiring yes. Oscar De La Hoya. Uh, at least for now, De La Hoya is still blabbing on about a comeback. Oh, that's not uh, Somewhat ten or eleven <laughs> years later, exhibition or not, we love we love the historical perspective of uh, of the sport and going in the wayback machine whenever we get the chance to do that. Again, many thanks to Steve Kim, Boxing Insider through Knockdown Rule Podcast, Blaze TV, BlazeTV.com for joining us early in the show. Marquise, have a great weekend. Enjoy the fights. We'll be reading. We'll be watching everything that goes on. Only a couple of podcasts left in 2021. Can't believe that. Thank you for the time here, Marquise. Absolutely, DJ. Thanks so much. And we thank you for being with us again. Subscribe to this podcast, however you found it, through the social media link, Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows or their app. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. We come your way in the preview mode, usually midday, Friday, Eastern time, all the way through the fight card weekends. We stay relevant with it so subscribe away for now we are done enjoy all the action keep reading the site bigfightweekend.com and keep finding us here on the bigfightweekend.com podcast bye